welcome to our first episode of <laughs> the Reaching Out Project, Reaching Out Reaching Podcast. Out. Uh, I uh, feel, and I don't know how you feel, Tim, but I feel very, very excited and blessed to have here with us a former student who has really uh, impacted my life as an educator. And I'm hoping that after tonight, he would serve as an inspiration for our students and an inspiration for all of us educators to flip the script. Tell us about you and um, you know what, what you're like. All right, so I'm Ivan Gray. I graduated from Maine West in 2020, and I am currently a sophomore at UIC majoring in finance. And so being in the city, like, obviously, like, it's nice going to school there is one of the greatest things ever. But for me, once I got to the city from the suburbs, it was like, it was completely different. And one of the things I really like about being there is just like all these like different buildings, all these different like famous landmarks you see, all the people you meet. Like it serves as like as an inspiration, like to me, where I just tell myself, like, if I can come from this and make it here, I'm going to be there one day. And I'm going to be that person that I admire and look up to. And and that's one of the um, our goals tonight is mm. to be able to have you tell us your story mm. and um, be, be able to have you tell us how you went from thinking that you would not be able to even make it to a college to now being an honor student at a major university, uh, having received the scholarships. Where where did that happen? How did that happen for you? So this is what I'm going to start with. We are doing these, Ivan, mm-hmm. because we know, um, team and I, and many educators know that we're missing a large number of our students that they come to us already with internalized mindsets about what they can and cannot do. And these are the kids, like you were, that walk our hallways, and we sometimes don't even know what's going on in your lives and how that is affecting how you feel and how you act inside the classroom. And the question becomes for all of us is, when? When do you learn that you have a limited capacity and so then we should have also limited dreams? How can we as educators lift our students up, lift their voices and our high expectations for them while we provide the support so they are aware of their many talents and strengths? Mm -hmm. How can we achieve that? And how can we support uh, you by having daily routines that instead of focusing in what our students are not doing right, focuses in what our students are not doing right, it focuses in what our students are actually doing right. So we are hoping that through your story and of success and heartache, because you have heartache in your story, <laughs> a lot of it, right? Yeah. You can illustrate for us the kinds of internalized deficit messages that sometimes we send to our kids throughout their mm-hmm. entire school uh, years and the important role that all of us educators, your teachers, your counselors, all of us play in making sure that your dreams become a reality. Are we ready for something like that? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting for me. Just We're on audio here, but I'm watching you listen to take all this in. 
and it's probably a lot, <laughs> and I can see the wheels turning. So I'm really excited to hear, you know, how your story is going to come out here. Mm-hmm. So I want to start our conversation with let's let's before we bring you to the past. Let's bring to the past past of when you were a child mm-hmm. and some of the heartaches that you had to face. Mm-hmm. I want to bring you to uh, your your high school um, years Ooh. for a minute, okay? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question to you mm-hmm. is, Ivan, when you were here in high school, you were mm-hmm. a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, did you ever dream that you were going to be able to make it at UIC, be an honor student with a 4.0 GPA, get a scholarship to go and study abroad, all the wonderful accomplishments that you have received? Mm-hmm. Did you know, did you visualize yourself mm-hmm. as being there and doing what you're doing when you were a freshman, sophomore? Um. Honestly, my first two years, I didn't really think so, just because, like, the way I grew up, like, it was always, like, either you're going to, like, go straight into, like, working at, like, McDonald's, like, Burger King, or you're just, like, going to be, like, staying at home all day. And so, like, I always thought, like, I would end up that way. But then my junior year, that's when I'm, I'm so thankful for him, too, Mr. Rosenberg. That's, like, one of the biggest influences on my life. And so after my first... After the first semester of junior year, I remember I made the honor roll for the first time. And the first person that congratulated me was Mr. Rosenberg. Mm -hmm. And so I told him about it. I'm like, I'm so excited. Like, I actually did this. Like, I never thought this would happen. Mm -hmm. And then that's when he told me, like, this is only the beginning. Like, you can still get so much more further than this. So much more great things can still happen for you. Mm -hmm. And so then I always kept, like, I always kept that message in the back of my mind. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, like, I must keep this and try to do something with it. And so for the the remaining time I was at Main West, I kept telling myself, like, okay, like, my situation obviously isn't the best. My dad's not here. Like, all these things keep happening outside of school. And so once my senior year hit, I was obviously in your office crying every day saying, what am I going to do? How am I going to get into college? And then once I got that first college acceptance letter, that was from Eastern Illinois. Um, I remember going home. I just started crying because I was like, I was so happy. I was so excited. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the first you in my were. family to get excited or to get accepted in the college. Like, this can actually happen. Yes. And then obviously, like, one of the biggest problems for some students, like, that they're first gen and, like, they're from low income, like, the money, like, they don't know what they're going to do for that. Yes. And that was my biggest issue. So I was thinking, like, okay, maybe I can work, like, all these hours for work, especially once the pandemic hit. I was like, okay, I'm going to work all these hours. I'm going to pay for school by myself. Yes, I remember you mentioning that. And then this is honestly, like, a turning point for me also. Like, UIC, they reopened their application process. Like, that wasn't even one of the schools I was considering because it's like, okay, it's in the city. Like, what Mm -hmm. am I going to do in the city? I'm from the suburbs. I'm from Rosemont. Like, what am I going to do there? And then I was tempted, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to enroll or I'm going to apply, see what happens. And then I got accepted. And then their financial aid was, like, so good. And it was, like, better than the other schools that I got accepted to. I was like, okay, like, I'm going to see this. This might be able to. This might be able to actually work for me. This might be, like, my best opportunity, especially being in the city where, like, all these opportunities are just, like, endless. Let me stop you there for a minute because I have two things that I want to ask you because yeah. you mentioned two things that I believe are extremely important and I don't want to forget them. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned again is when you were freshman and sophomore, yeah. you didn't think that that was going to happen, no. right? No. McDonald's or work or do whatever. Yeah. So help us understand what contributed to that mindset what contributed to you feeling and believing that 
you know, college is not for me. Accelerator AP courses or whatever is happening for others is not for me. Um, how what contributed to that? What um, happened? So the main thing is like. College is, like, no one in my neighborhood, like, ever talked about that. Like, your parents, they don't stress out on you. They don't Mm -hmm. say, like, you got to do really good in school because you got to go to college and you got to do this and you got to do that. It's always just, like, okay, like, you're in school. Good job. Just do what you got to do. So I'm hearing you say role models were not there for you. Yeah. You know, other people that can could uh, Mm -hmm. role model for you. Academic role. It's always just, like, do what you got to do, and then Mm -hmm. after that, we'll see what happens. Don't. Yeah, they never mentioned college. Okay, that so was that, a, that wasn't really like an option for anybody. Well, how? But so, um, let me can I say something. Yeah, real quick? absolutely. And you were talking about um, one of your teachers that really made an impact on you, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, um, if you think about other teachers that might be listening to this, mm-hmm. and they care about their students, they love their students, and their students sometimes may be unseen in their classrooms, kind of floating through, and they want to mm-hmm. be there and kind of help light a fire or just kind of be there for the student. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about what really worked for you, is there any any tip or any observation you'd make that for someone like me who's just a regular classroom teacher mm-hmm. and wants to, to to reach the next Ivan who comes by? Oh, uh, so for no me. No pressure. <laughs> uh, so I actually, the first class I had him was history. And so I remember just like me being the person, like especially junior, I mentioned this earlier, like I got really like confident in like mm. what I can do in the classroom and like my sp- communication skills, obviously. And so um, I remember this one day we just sat down. I started telling him like what I was afraid of, like what my what I do outside of school, like what I want to do with my life. And then he just like he became like that support system I never had but really needed. Mm. And so like when I told him like everything I was afraid of, he just told me like what I can do to like cope with it. And then um, especially like with all the things that kept happening outside of school, like I was afraid to like tell other people about it, so like my mom, my friends, stuff like that. So I would always go into his classroom after school ended and we would just like sit down and have conversations about like how I'm going to like deal with it, what I'm going to do. What I'm hearing you say is relationships. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is someone took the time to get to know you personally Mm -hmm. and then you opened up to this person, you trusted him. Mm -hmm. And because that trust was there, it was easier for you then to believe him when he said, you can do these and mm-hmm. there are better things for you waiting out there mm-hmm. because you already trusted that, hey, he's not going to lie to me. Mm-hmm. I probably can do these. That's not a problem. Yeah. I think, too, as I'm hearing your story a couple times now, we talked about it before, and now I think there's something inside of you that was waiting to come out, too. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're realizing, like, oh, I've got this power yes. or something like this i don't yeah. know i've seen you smile now so i guess that kind of <laughs> yeah. resonates with you a little bit it was really yes. like my junior year that's when like everything just like really started to turn around so like i mentioned like the honor roll when mm-hmm. i got into the honor roll, like i just kept telling myself like okay like i can actually make this happen somehow like i don't know how i'm gonna do it but like <laughs> obviously like there's resources yeah. here at school so i'm gonna try to like use those you know what that reminds me of is how many times we talk about these tim that all of our students need is to find success in one area. Mm-hmm. If they can taste success, and that's what you did. Mm-hmm. You did really well in a paper in U.S. history. You got into mm-hmm. the honor roll. Then the message shifted for you. Mm-hmm. Instead of you concentrating on all the things that could not happen, mm-hmm. now you started to concentrate on the things that can happen. Mm-hmm. I can make honor roll. Mm-hmm. That means... I can actually do well in my other classes. I can then dream about college. Mm-hmm. 
and it starts to you see it's almost like a snowball a ripple effect when you now feel that all the things that before could not happen boom it started to become clear for you all right <laughs> yeah. it was a junior year but it was why because in that junior year you found the success mm-hmm. that you had not found before mm-hmm. and now things started to really start take a uh, place for you right yeah. mm-hmm. so that's amazing because we want to know exactly how can we inspire our students to find that. So let me ask you a question that to me is very important. Uh, what type of messages do you remember receiving through the school years right before that junior year? The main person was really my counselor, Mr. Ibrahimi. So like, I remember like me being me, I'm just like, I really like... I'm like a social butterfly. I was in his office like every single day <laughs> just talking to him. And then we would always have conversations about like the future, like mm-hmm. what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I remember telling him like, I'm really like scared after for high school. Like, I don't know what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. And then um, he was just telling me like the things that I do now, they're going to have a big impact on people later. And so I took that message, like, at the time, I was like, okay, yeah, like, I'm not going to go to college. Like, what message am I going to have for other people? And then, as like, again, as, as I started progressing in high school, like, more and more things started happening. And then I started thinking about that message a lot. I was like, okay, like, he, he's basically telling me the things that I do are going to benefit people in the future. So, like, now, like, where I'm in college and, like, doing all these things. It's benefiting, like, the people I grew up around where they're actually telling me, like, I want to be just like you. I want my son to be just like you. Mm. And so he's really, like, he expanded, like, what I thought was possible for me. And so, like, again, I owe a lot of that to him. So this is what also I, I because there was almost like a before and an after, but it was also a before and after for you, even after receiving those messages. And mm. I remember uh, well that... There was a point in that senior year where your GPA was, you know, yeah. right? Average to maybe below average, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so you were also thinking, yeah, what schools I can maybe be admitted to, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And we were having this conversation mm-hmm. and we said, well, be, you know, dream big because at the end, there are mm-hmm. many supports out there. Why not? So mm-hmm. I always wonder... The Ivan in high school, the mm-hmm. Ivan with the average to <coughs> GPA, trying to make it and trying, uh, maybe doing the homework like it should be and maybe not. It's not the Ivan of today. No, this is the Ivan. Definitely not, right? No, this is the Ivan of 4.0s, mm-hmm. great uh, uh, GPA, mm-hmm. um, almost this pride on, on doing not just the job to get by, but the mm-hmm. actual job to be su- successful. Mm-hmm. What changed? Uh, so it's going to be like a little personal, but uh, so my junior year, it was in January of 2019. Uh, I, remember I was getting ready for school just like any yeah. other day, seven in the morning, whatever. And then I go to the parking lot where my dad usually is like waiting to pick me up. And then I find out he's not there. And so um, I call him over and over. And then he finally calls back like 20 minutes later. I'm already like 10 minutes late for school. And then I found out that they got, the officers got him, whatever. And then I was in Mr. Ibrahimi's office that day. I don't like, I didn't know what was happening to him. And then my mom called me like at that exact moment. We like were waiting to find out. And she said, your dad's going to get sent back to Mexico. 
And so that was like where I realized like, okay, like now I have to grow up. I'm only 16 years old. Like I, we barely get by anyway. So now like I really have to be like serious about like what I'm going to do with my life. Like I can't afford to like mess up even in the slightest. Mm. And so something that like, this is what I tell myself like every single day while I'm in class. Like my dad's not here. My mom barely makes any to get by. And so with me being in college, I'm basically like the only hope she has at like, or not, not even just her, just like me and my brother, like at progressing and just like not being where we've always been. And so I always keep it in the back of my mind, like my mom needs me, my mom, basically I'm her only hope at this point. And so that's like what really like drives me in school. So that inspiration of I, I'm doing this not just for myself, mm-hmm. but I'm doing this for my family yeah. and the people that I love. And mm-hmm. I, and so now, boom, <laughs> yeah. we have the, the beautiful yeah. uh, accomplishments and GPA, mm-hmm. that inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it strikes me that you, uh, in that moment, which was a hard moment, and I thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. We're very honored that you bring that to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you became a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, you decided that you're going to lead for your family and you're going to be there mm-hmm. for your, you know, your, your brother, you said, I think, and then your mom. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be the leader, not just kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you were talking to um, some of my students this year, I teach freshmen and sophomores this mm-hmm. year. You can come to my class, by the way, anytime you want. <laughs> Give them the same message. But what would you say to them about their... There's like how they see themselves as students. I see themselves. Their self-concept as students. Does that make sense? Yeah. So obviously there's like the students are like, okay, like I'm going to go to college. Like I have everything I need. I'm going to do good. And then there's the students are like, okay, like you're going to go somewhere. I'm just going to stay here and not do anything. And so um, this message like really resonates with me. So I saw this in my, it was in my communications class last year. Um, Mm -hmm. My teacher, she told us like everybody has their purpose and everybody has their skill. They're just waiting for it to come out. Mm. And they need, like, that reason for, like, for that skill and that, like, purpose to come out. And so, like, I always think about, like, the students, like, I g- grew up around, like, the people I was with. And so, like, I know, like, they're all talented. They all have something they're really good at. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, like they're good at fixing cars. They're good at fixing bikes. They can do this. They can do that. And so something, like, I've thought about a lot is, like, you have a skill. And I tell this, like, to all the people I grew up around, too. Like, you have a skill you have a purpose and you can do a lot of things. You're just waiting to find it. And so like that's that, that message just like really strikes me. Like you have the power to do whatever you want. You just got to find that. So what I gather here and we've, we've talked about that, right? First of all, thank you because that's, that's beautiful. And that's Mm -hmm. what we want every single student to see. They have their skill. They Mm -hmm. have their purpose. They have their talent it's just waiting to come out. Mm-hmm. So to help that talent to come out, what I'm hearing you say in the conversation we have had is that you had people you trusted here, teachers, mm-hmm. educators, that believed in you and gave you the time that you needed. Mm-hmm that you were able to trust, to build a relationship. It was important that they got to know you personally, not Mm. just as a student in a classroom, not Mm. just as another number and another grade. 
it was you personally mm -hmm. being able to sit with the teacher after school or with your counselor in the office and just talk and share what was going on in your life was important to you. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm hearing those three elements right there to help our kids find that academic self-concept mm -hmm. and make them believe that they can do things. Is there anything else that, I, that you think that I am missing That has not been mentioned. That has been mentioned. Or not. Um, well, I remember in high school, like, I always felt like I was kind of like in, I was just like, I was out there. But, like, I wasn't really like one of those students like that really like was seen or like was heard really like with my own stuff. Mm hmm. And so, like, obviously, like, the support system, like, the people that, like, you can go to to, like, talk about your, like, your personal stuff, that's great. But, like, something I really think, like, especially with Mr. Rosenberg, like, Mr. Matan, like, Mr. Fleming, uh, Mr. Tavano, Ms. Lanham, like, the communication and, like, the relationships you have with, like, your students, like, it goes past, it can't even, like, right now, I still talk to all my teachers that, that I really enjoyed from high school. And so, like, obviously, like, the friendships, the relationships you're making, like, you really need, like, the people that really, like, helped you get where you are. And so, like, what I'm trying to get at is basically, like, the people that kept you or that got you, like, to where you are, those are the people you want to keep around you because ultimately, like, mm -hmm. when you do get where you want to be, those are the people that you're going to have and be, like, because of you, I'm here. And because of you, I can still get, like, do so much better. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's just a small reflection I would like to make on that, and that is that uh, there's some emerging research on what's called um, a network. Mm -hmm. So like a st every student should have their own their own network. Like you have this group of teachers already that are on your side that you already know, but <laughs> yeah. you took time to kind of pay attention to that too. Mm -hmm. But like that's something that we as teachers should, should as educators really across the board, should ex explain to students the value of like you know, having a network of us. We want to be on, on your team, but it doesn't always work out. Mm -hmm. um, and and kind of stress that value. So that's just you're making me think about that. And I think that's really neat. You know I, what he made me think of also? Yeah. Personalismo. Personalismo means that we value personal relationships among other competing priorities mm -hmm. that becomes a priority for us. Relationships. Mm -hmm. Building them, respecting them to the point that the trust that um, starts to build in that relationship help us feel that it's a reciprocal mm -hmm. kind of relationship where I will do for you whatever I can and when you can, you'll do for me yeah. whatever you can. Seems to me that you started to do a lot of things for yourself, but you were thinking about that teacher. I'm not going to disappoint Mr. Rosenberg. Mm -hmm. I am not going to disappoint my mom. My mom is the only, is, 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 is the, I'm the hope for my mom. Mm -hmm. That relationship, that personalismo yeah. is making that reciprocal so for the, you. The question I have on a build off of that to you, Ivan, this is going to be a big one. We're going to wrap with this question here. <laughs> As a, this, this is just something that's coming up in, in education now is the, is the, equity issues and racial divides. So as a white teacher, mm. right, and mostly students who are from minoritized backgrounds, mm. right? And I have many, like state of Illinois, majority white teachers. Mm. Reaching out, reaching across, you might not understand, across 
barriers that might be there. You might not really understand what somebody's life has been like. Is there anything that you could say to encourage or, or instruct or any advice for teachers who are reaching across like culture lines or it could be like somebody who's middle middle race or like their Mm -hmm. middle class teacher and somebody else coming from not much and like how did how do they do it in a way that's going to be effective because there's a lot of teachers that are kind of feeling like man this i can't do this Mm -hmm. but they should right they should feel like they can but what would you say to that um so well like obviously like with my spanish teachers it was easy to like connect with them and like get to know them because speak spanish the connection is obviously there mm-hmm. but then like with my these are like kind of bad but with my white teachers i was kind of scared at first just because like i didn't really like grow up around that type of environment but then again me being me like i just like participating <laughs> being that person in class was like always just doing everything and so like obviously like there's that boundary where it's like it's like with me i'm low income and then my teacher that could be like middle class yeah and so obviously like you gotta like put yourself out there and like you can't be afraid of somebody just because like they're socially higher than you or whatever but again like putting yourself out there like really like getting to like know them personally like on a personal level is like really important what you're saying is is really brilliant though Mm -hmm. because you said as a student you might have felt intimidated and other students might I'm taking other students might feel intimidated as well Mm -hmm it's so interesting that a lot of teachers feel intimidated too because they're like, what if I can't reach the students? I will be a crappy teacher. No one wants to be that. Mm-hmm. And, um, what if they don't like me even, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a similar thing, but from a different perspective, you know, mm-hmm. take a risk. So t- we all need to, yeah. Like the reaching out is sort of like the theme of this is like, we need to take a risk and reach, reach across, reach out and, mm-hmm. and create those relationships. I love the, um, the nod to personalismo and just be, always be thinking about that. We, Claudia and I talk about that. All the, time. all the time she just tries to explain it to me but anyway yeah. uh i think we should wrap i don't know this has been such a uh just a joy to get to know you mm-hmm. yeah yeah how do we I, wrap this up so <laughs> i would say um we um we can wrap with the last question that i want to ask you and yeah. then i'm going to uh, um let everybody know again who we are and why mm-hmm. we're doing this project and mm-hmm. where the inspiration came yeah, from for sure. um so the last thing is and it's, it has to do with what tim just asked you mm-hmm. but uh, how can teachers counselors support staff support our students and help them see their strengths their talents that are right there waiting to come out mm. oh well like obviously like i meant like the risk that like you might be scared of a student there, like where like prophet george you mentioned like you might be scared like i'm gonna fail this student if i don't like know the answer but obviously like, the risk like i my teachers tell me this every day like you gotta take risks you can't be afraid to like you you never know like the risk you take might be the best decision of your life because at the end of the day you can really like change something or make something better just because you took that one risk and so like what i'm trying to get is like as a teacher like you can help students more like take risks taking risks yeah like and like obviously like there's like the professionalism you gotta have as a teacher like you can't really like go like too much into it but like you gotta be like willing to like know your student. You gotta be willing to like 
mm. tell them like you can do this like you're you're obviously like i'm just your advisor i'm just like a teacher here but i really want you to go somewhere i really want you to like know that like even though i don't know you that well now like i want to get to know you because i know you have a strength inside of you and that strength is going to come out and we just got to find it that's, that's life-changing mm-hmm. that's life-changing advice Thank you. It yeah, is. That's awesome. And it comes down again to our very beginning of the story mm-hmm. when we were, you were telling us how when you experienced that success and when someone got, took the time to get to know you, mm-hmm. you started to see that things were possible. Mm-hmm. Ivan, I want to thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time to come and have a conversation with us. Of course. And again, as I said before, we wanted to bring you because we feel that your story cannot just help us educators become much better at helping our students mm-hmm. flip that script mm-hmm. of deficit to a strength-based uh, conversations, but it's going to help hopefully many of our students mm-hmm. find that their talents that are out there hidden mm. can actually come out and they mm. can be whatever they put their minds. And so just been excited to have Ivan uh, with us today. Uh, so glad you came. And um, what's our sign off? We need a good sign off. We will see, we'll see you we next time. See you the next, <laughs> we will see you next time. We flip the script and we continue to reach out to our students and our fellow educators. Thank you so much for listening.